I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Peter Eubel, a professor of business administration and medicine and of public policy at Duke University. Dr. Eubel has co-authored a perspective article on disclosing information to patients about the likely out-of-pocket costs they'll see for their care. Dr. Eubel, your perspective article argues that the potential for financial distress associated with paying for treatment should be discussed with patients just as possible side effects of drugs or other treatments are. You've studied how people make or don't make healthcare decisions, so what effect would you expect that cost information would have on the average patient's decisions? Oh, I think it depends very much on a much broader context of what decision they faced and how a physician discusses costs with them. I do think that even in this era of patient empowerment, physicians have a huge influence on the decisions their patients make. So a physician who said, now this drug is very expensive, but I think it's the only one you should consider taking, that will go very differently than one in which a physician says, now here's how expensive this drug is, and you should know there's an alternative much less expensive, but not quite as good, and it does the following. So it's all about how physicians frame the conversation. You acknowledge in your article that it's often difficult for a physician to know how much any individual patient is going to pay for a treatment. But in your own practice, to what extent have you weighed what you know about the likely out-of-pocket costs with the treatment decisions that you've discussed with patients? My clinical practice has been in the VA healthcare system, where patients don't face a whole lot of -of out-of-pocket costs. Even then, though, I found examples of patients where I'd say, okay, I'll see you again in three months. And they'd say, well, doc it's really expensive for me to come see you. I have to take a day off of work and they don't pay me for it. And I have to drive here and that costs a lot of gas money. And I realized out-of-pocket costs associated with healthcare aren't just about the healthcare costs themselves. And I would try to become more aware, and I didn't always succeed, what financial burdens my own patients faced and what I could do to help them with them. Sometimes that meant seeing them less often. So pursuing that further, on the level of the doctor-patient relationship, one can imagine that non-disclosure of cost information is the withholding of relevant information, but disclosing cost information might make it seem that your patient's health or life isn't worth more than a certain amount of money. So in general, how do you think patients would look at this addition to the information? I think it all, again, depends on how a physician frames it. And I think there are physicians I've spoken to who are hesitant to talk about money because they have these very understandable fears that it'll look like they're judging the value of the patient's life or they're suggesting they're not worth spending that money on. But again, it it depends on how you put it. If you just let people know that you have choices, and in this case, this one, let's say chemotherapy, has a, a small chance of giving them additional lifespan, but at a big financial cost, and let them know that some of your own patients prefer a less expensive drug that does the following. If you let them know that it's okay to choose either way, and that you're not judging them for it. I think it's only going to improve the doctor-patient relationship. In your article, you use the example of bevacizumab for metastatic colorectal cancer. That drug extends life by an average of about five months over chemotherapy alone, but it costs about $44,000 for 10 months of treatment. So do you think that making that kind of information available to patients would eventually lead to a change in drug prices in the country? I don't know. I will say that health economists will tell you that the more that healthcare consumers are paying attention to price, the more pressure they'll put on the system to hold down prices. In healthcare, it doesn't work like a lot of other parts of the free market because the decision maker is not always the patient. It's sometimes the physician or it's a weird combination of the two. And you're talking about very high stakes emotional decisions where people might not want to consider the cost. And we'll have to see what happens when people talk about this. But my fear is that if we don't talk about it, we'll never give people the chance both to avoid unnecessary costs for their own care and to put pressure on the system 
to hold costs down. As you say, in some cases, there are less expensive alternatives. There are even assistance programs if there are only the expensive alternatives. How great are the pressures on physicians to prescribe the more expensive treatments? Or is it that physicians are just not thinking about costs? I think it's mainly the latter. I think most of the time what we're doing is we're taking care of our patients and we're offering them the best possible medical care. And to us, best usually means best medical outcomes. And we then forget that sometimes you can pursue the best medical outcome, perhaps mortality and morbidity, and forget that if the treatment is really expensive, your patient might suffer more than they would otherwise, that it could have a bigger impact on their quality of life than the modest improvements you've made in their health. In another perspective article, Bettigold described one cause of high costs, which is the bundling of services. In that case, it was tests. And it's a bundling for which the ordering physician may not be aware. So two questions. First, when it comes to tests versus treatments, how much patient input into decision-making do you think makes sense? I have spoken to a number of oncologists and looked at situations they face where, for example, they're trying to monitor a patient's response to treatment, and they can either do a PET scan or a less expensive imaging test. Some of them are beginning to talk about the cost of that PET scan for patients because the patient might have a large copay. So I don't think we can just say we need to talk about the cost of medications and not tests when sometimes tests are extremely expensive. That said, we don't always know. We physicians don't know how much a specific test costs. We don't know when we order one test that it's being bundled with a bunch of other things. And so I think we need the culture of medical practice to evolve to where when we do often more you know, electronic medical ordering, information about cost becomes more apparent to us. I think that will help us think more and be more aware of what's going on. If you imagine that tests can lead to downstream costs, further tests, treatments, do you think that that makes it too complicated to fix a relevant out-of-pocket cost that the physician at the outset can discuss with the patient? Short answer, yes. <laughs> it's really complicated, right? I can decide right now that, oh, let's forego this one expensive test for you because it's unlikely to be necessary. But if you happen to be one of the patients where it was necessary, you might have greater expenses down the road because you get sicker. And I can't sit and draw out a decision tree with every branch and every probability and every possibility. Sometimes we just have to guess. And so as we begin to discuss cost of care more often with our patients, the more we can know that this is about a discrete episode of care, the better we'll be able to predict the cost the more we have a just a general sense that of what the real trade-offs are involved, of how much it costs and what you benefit, those are the things we can start talking about, and we'll never be able to talk about everything. Bettigold's article also seems to suggest that unnecessarily high costs are, in fact, inevitable if various players, including manufacturers, laboratories, need to make a profit. So do you think those costs are going to stay high? You know, we have two things we'd love to do in our healthcare system. We'd love to hold down costs, and we'd love to keep making important advances that improve the health and well-being of our patients. These don't go hand in hand. The more we rein in healthcare costs, the less incentive device manufacturers, pharmaceutical companies, and the like will have to develop new products. At some point, we have to decide how much it's worth to invest in the future health of our patients and in this kind of new progress versus being able to afford the healthcare we're already offering people. Thank you, Dr. Eubel.